Thank you for tuning in again to Critically Absurd On Air. This is the second episode. Uh, you are joined with me, uh, Brandon. I'm the director, CJ, our marketing guy, and Ben, public relations. Hey! So, today we have four main talking points. Uh, we're going to be talking about Forgotten Runs Gamatorium again, uh, how we're here on the weekends, um, what we do with that, uh, Werewolf, and the two uh, upcoming conventions that we will be going to to cover. Uh, this is Kazakon in Beckley, West Virginia, and Tricon in your boy's hometown, Huntington, West Virginia. Um, and we'll be talking about some guests and what's going on with those. So, let's start with Ben. Talk, talk to us about Werewolf. Our uh, Werewolf. Uh, well, you know, right now we're in the process of acquiring card art, and that's a nice thing. Uh, so any artist that would like to donate or contribute, uh, you will be credited. Uh, right, currently we, like... If you give us art, I will try to get it on a card at a convention uh, to help your name get out there. I will let people know. Um, but uh, that's actually going really well on an official level. So we've seen some really nice contributions in that respect and like acquired some good ones. Uh, the couple of like roles have changed. Our rules for the Harlot has changed. Uh, you mean slightly. in relation between Ultimate Werewolf and us? No, or? from our previous... There's always going to be role changes between us and other people's versions of Werewolf. Such as we still use a Doctor and other people don't. They use a Bodyguard. But, like, um... We have both, uh, since he brings that up. Yeah, that's yeah, true. They, we do have they, both. They kind of do the same thing in this scenario. It depends way. on the scenario. In a different uh, our, way. our game runs on scenario basis. So, like... The situation may call for a doctor, it may call for a bodyguard, and the cards work differently. One can protect themselves or protect the same person multiple nights in a row, the other one cannot. And the other one has expansions, such as the Harlot, that kind of thing. Um, so, like, when people, like, come to uh, join our games, what's some of the main things they're going to take from it? Well, odds are that the number one thing they'll take is that makes us different from other people's games is that, like, um, we offer a personality to it. Um... Because we do this all the time and we keep the same moderator, I am always there to be consistently diabolical. So, um, and that that has some flavor to it. It's in the name. Yeah, yeah, right. Critically absurd werewolf. Right, yeah, it is definitely absurd. Um, so, like, I will I will make it uh, interesting whenever I can. Um, but what people should would take away from it is that I it's inviting. It's easier to play than like uh, most people's large groups are. Uh, it is special tailored to each group. So unlike most games that are random, our game is hand-picked and like, kept track of each time. Um, I was going to say, it's also the element is uh, our design is purely on being fun. Or as many people in the game enjoying themselves as possible. Role-playing or not role-playing. Regardless of whether or not you're in it to be competitive, just there to have some laugh to your friends, it's more of a design of everybody enjoying themselves and who wins or loses. Um... As Evan said to me once at Charcon, and I said at Hercon, it's not about how, like, whether you win or you lose. It's about how well you've played the game. And at that time, the players have played exceptionally well. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, so that's that's what's going on with Werewolf. We're in a, a more advanced stage of development, and our like we, our actual deck is very close to done. So. Yeah, so we're going to have a base deck, right? Yes. And it's going to be a collection of artists? Yes. For that main deck? And then we're going to, we plan on, we have plans and are working on other plans for yes. expansions to that deck. Correct. That could be bought separately. So, if you're local to the Huntington area, keep your eyes open. We may be looking for uh, beta testers in the near future. Uh, we are 100% always, always looking for, looking beta, for beta testers. testers. And uh, if you are an artist as well, if you want to get your art out there, uh, hit us up wherever you know let us know meet us in person talk about this it's a it's a great way to get your art out there and uh it's a great way to stay in shape <laughs> even if it's uh <laughs> not werewolf associate we're always interested in hearing from local artists just right. show off we'll help you showcase it we're well, big fans of that on the subject of local and werewolf though uh it reminds me to bring up batcon and nitro on june 22nd this year <coughs> that gives us a place where i have committed to doing a like entirely like uh one-off not for sale or anything but a dc themed game of werewolf where things are going to be kind of crazy uh but it'll be critically absurd for sure no oh, yeah <laughs> but, so uh, this is, is going to be like in an environmental like it will in 
It will definitely be themed around Batman and the occasion. And uh, uh, that's in solid development right now. I've, Too I've bad uh, it's not Marvel themed. You can just give everyone a King the Conqueror card and call it a day. <laughs> just call it a day. Hey, you know, you know we can make it always make more expansions and just add make that a deck. <laughs> just everybody's a Black Lantern. Boom. Hey, yeah, there you go. Uh, so yeah, it's about ten cards. Nothing. The only thing on it says you're you are Kane the Conqueror. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Shout out to my boy Lock of the Mock for that song. <laughs> yeah, um, and that, that draws me to another thing. Uh, we're big on like uh, you know doing whatever people uh, like us to do or like to have in the area. Um, you know, you can take this however you want, but if there's a void, we're we're gonna fill it. Hey, <laughs> uh, we're uh, adults. I swear, yes. we're adults. Um, I, I so if you if you have an event you want to have some stuff thrown at or. Um, there's you want to come to FRG and uh, there's a game that's just not being played. Uh, let Eric know uh, uh, the guy who runs it, or let us know. We can we can more than happy you know help you out with getting something together for you. Um, this is about any games, right? Yeah, it's yeah. about anything. Yeah, I mean even if you're a world championship Galaga uh, contender, that came up. Oh yeah, um, and uh, today there was a group of people playing uh, Yu-Gi-Oh for a while. They even got uh, Eric involved. And um, that, ah. se- that seems to be making a kind of a renaissance in this area, so that's exciting to uh, see. Well, spread. It's, it's that skeleton. He's Sully. a barbarian with a sticker-covered pink Yu-Gi-Oh card box, and I can't help but laugh. It's, it's that skeleton of Sully getting back flesh. <laughs> that's what's going on with that. All right, so we're fun. Like it's, yes, it's fun. yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's coming out of Lichdom. Yeah, or into Lichdom. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> so. uh one big exciting thing we have coming up soon, like I said, uh, the the uh, the next convention is Cosicon. That's in Beckley, West Virginia. Uh, last year we went; it was we only Are went for sure? one day. Um, we only did Saturday. This year we'll be there for all three days. We will be running Werewolf and uh, provided some press for the event. Um, it's also a great way to stay in shape. That really is. And if uh, if you are going to be there, feel free to look for us. We're always down to talk to people, hang out with people. Um, and maybe see what the uh, Beckley nightlife is like while we're down there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if we, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Our new mission statement, Claims for TV. We're here to party. <laughs> and if you aren't, you are. <laughs> Back when we first started talking about the party bus. Oh, that's going to be a thing. I'm telling you. Things that don't come at once. Yeah, but yeah. this is a thing that will this fall into place. Yeah, we'll just roll out with the party, like we will be. So we're, con- we're, conventions are always stuck in one spot. Uh, we're about to bring the party. It'll just, we'll just roll up. We'll have like nine people come out of a van. There'll be yeah. music playing from somewhere. Yeah, that, that's that does sound kind of like a like abductiony. But I promise we're not going to kidnap you. Or anything. It's reverse kidnapping. <laughs> we're bringing more people there. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> to party. We're reverse kidnapping. We're unnapping. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so, like, some, some things I want to point out about Cosicon. It, like, it is a three-day event. Some things come out in the editing. Fr- uh, Friday through Sunday, uh, nothing comes out in the editing. It's all kept. This in different places. I'm <laughs> <laughs> TV. Nothing keep but it. raw footage here. Yeah, like, keep it raw. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's always raw, right? All right, yeah, you were on, you were on Cosicon. Anyways, Cosicon, three days, Friday through Sunday. Friday, the doors open at 10 a.m. Uh, till 11.30 that night. Um, Friday is a big day for them. Uh, they'll have a guest. Uh, if you don't watch The Officer wrong, Bob Vance will be there. Um, he's going to be um, Bob Vance from the Vest Refrigeration, that is. Um, he will be at, he'll have multiple panels. He's going to be talking about you know uh, what he does, what he's been doing, and all that good stuff. Um, there's going to be an office trivia night on Friday. Um, he's going to be hosting that and intending. So if you're, if you're wrong in all of those office questions... Uh, that's gonna be, ouch! That's gonna be bad. Yeah. Don't so, disappoint Bob. <laughs> don't. Everyone wants free refrigerators. One of us. Um. So yeah, he's gonna be there doing that, and he's also gonna be showing off his. He's gonna do have a special screening of his uh of his independent film called uh, Dick Duster. It is eighteen and older. Uh, not a hundred percent sure if that name applies anything, but uh, yeah. So it's about it's about Bailey Spurlock. Wait, that is not about Bailey Spurlock. Spur- Bailey Spurlock is actually another guest they're going to have. You're doing a great job, Brandon. Keep going. <laughs> I'm on a roll here, man. Anyways, Bailey Spurlock. She is a 19-year-old uh, musical artist. She's going to be there, you know, doing some music and uh, 
doing some music. I know, no. I want to hear more about Dick Duster. Dick Duster? Do you want to hear more about Dick Duster? I don't know if you're ready. This um, adult film is like, I mean, I'm not writing it off as is. I just need to know in advance. Like, I need to be prepared if there's going to be some way. You got to be prepared for Dick Duster? So Dick Duster is about a washed up filmmaker. Uh, he was on the verge of losing it all when a fan began shooting a documentary chronologically, uh, including his life, at, in a downward spiral. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to have interviews from like producers, directors, and actors all de- de- <laughs> detailing their bizarre encounters with him. So that yeah, sounds fantastic. That does. I'm down for that. And you, you guys, you see the cover much art. Much less. His 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 cover art. His cover art shows. Uh, it says Dick Duster with him in a in a in a suit. He's torn to shreds, and underneath it, it captions, "You don't know Dick." <laughs> so okay. that's that's I gonna be pretty that. interesting. We're gonna try to get an attempt to sit down and talk to him or talk to him briefly on what's going on with that. That's gonna be cool. Um, so yeah, those those that's one big vest uh, uh, that they're gonna have there. Um, what else do you expect to see from Kazakhan? What are you excited? Well, I mean, well uh, last year they had the uh, adopt the dog adoption event, the uh, yes. dogs of cosplay or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cosplay, cosplay was adorable and a genius way to get some dogs adopted. Yes, from if you haven't gone to the site, you should watch our old video of the cosplay event. We streamed the whole thing. Um, Here's are, they, little, are they going to be doing it again? Do we? Know I, I haven't heard. We need to talk to the SPCA about it if they're um, doing it. We'll yeah. talk to them through Cosicon. Yeah, I haven't heard if they are. I haven't saw it. I mean, they could be wrong. You guys probably could comment on there telling us how much of idiots we are. Saying, yeah, feel free. Yeah. We, it's not like we're reporters or anything. Currently, it's our TV. We're dumb. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, the... Uh, us. They were pretty cool last year, and this year they're going to you know they're going to continue the thing they had last year of the, uh, the Super Mario Party game show. That was oh, pretty cool. That was so much um, fun. This isn't actually the video game; it's based off the video game. Whereas, no, wait, so you're telling me that they didn't pull the Moon of the Century and base it off of the Super Mario Super Hour, that old TV show? No, we didn't fall down the crack that much. No, we because, didn't go that far. <laughs> because I would 100% base a game show off that. It would be the most insane thing. I'm going to take that. a note real quick. So, we were watching an episode <laughs> earlier, getting ready for the show, and whatever was going on this episode is uh, Mario had to become Hercules' personal trainer. Because apparently Hercules had gotten fat and lazy and got his like, something robbed and by King Koopa. Hey, that's what happens, man. When a, when a demigod gets out of shape, uh, Bowser up. shows up and tries to take your stuff. Robs you blind. And yeah. according to that show, their it's last name yeah. is Mario. Yeah. Yes. No, that's that's fact. <laughs> so, so Luigi's name? He's it's Luigi, Luigi Mario. Mario? It's Mario Mario no. and Luigi Mario. That's one of the Mario Brothers. That's a fact. Mario's name is Mario Mario. So, are we going to say You don't like the Disney movie? Did, did, they, they go into the thin too. I know. I just spoke are, about something that, like, I'm, did, I'm not, are we, not uh, supposed to. How? Talk where about did the Mario come from? It not to get off subject, but like, is he have uh, parents or is he come from an egg? Like, well, if I believe right, <laughs> originally he was like a normal person who got sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom, right? Yes. Like, we are really going down the conspiracy theory hole. <laughs> well, no, I'm just it's like I don't think any of that movie. I is don't. Canon. Well, no, I'm saying was it? Wasn't there something yes. about that one that books both, or something? Plumbers who were supposed to be like chosen ones that like got sucked down a pipe into the kingdom, the mushroom kingdom. And then we get well, a lot of mushrooms involved. I do know that, that apparently um, it's pretty widely accepted rumor that the character of Mario was almost a racist caricature of a janitor that worked at Nintendo at the time. That the uh, I'm pretty sure that's that the developers it was like an Italian uh, janitor they had very angry who you know very angry older Italian guy who could barely speak Japanese or English and they thought he was hilarious so they based hey um, man it, it worked I mean, they based the character on him and they have built their empire on hey, this but, poor but, janitor's back yeah but for racism is bad but <laughs> it is bad Italian plumbers stomping on turtles with that's spikes good. that's good that is it makes good. you what was going down at the Nintendo headquarters where they're like yeah Plumbers stop on turtles. It's a thing. <laughs> there are a lot of mushrooms in that series. Yeah, there are a lot of mushrooms and fire flowers. But in the that game series. show at Kazakon. Oh yes, yeah, so back to that. <laughs> the game the, show at Kazakon. Out, out of the Mario conspiracy pipe. Mario Party <laughs> game show. So uh, Desiree, 
Yes. Who uh, runs Kazakhan. <laughs> she's the staff of it. She's awesome, by the way. Friend of the show yeah. as well. Shout out yeah, to Ezra. Right. Like I said, uh, like, who we love. She, uh, she ran it last year, and we covered that. We live streamed it and recorded it. It is hilarious. She's also a Pokemon professor. And yeah, she's a Pokemon professor. Right. Professor. Yeah. So basically, what you assume the role of whoever you pick or whoever what was picked for you, and you go on these uh, these games in person. So it's not a video game. It's you're you're doing it yourself. You walk a path and roll a giant cube, and it's it's, it's a genius idea, and it's hilarious. And how can I base my life? doing that every day. Attend Kazakhan. I mean, attend Kazakhan and find out. <laughs> and this is definitely not an ad. <laughs> attend Kazakhan. Uh, so yeah, when that Kazakhan comes around, uh, we'll have that live stream. Check out our page and whatnot. Or just um, go to Kazakhan. Or go to Kazakhan. We'll see you there and hopefully you'll get a chance to play. Yeah, so we'll be there for that. Uh, April 26th through 28th. Um, we'll be showing you guys you know, board games, card games, video games. Uh, gets um, hopefully some other fun stuff like what goes on behind the scenes or some other fun events people like to attend at uh, conventions like the brave the brave uh, I don't know how you could cover that exactly well, we'll get snippets okay so this is something I feel like I should know you know going to the conventions as long as I have why is there such a strong association between like anime conventions and having a rave why okay. is that such a consistent thing? Because name? anime is dope and raves are also dope. Because rave. You know, I can't, I can't hate on that. Um, <laughs> but I feel like there has to have been something that linked them together. I because can't mention F things is for that friends. has linked them together because odds are it's 18 plus. And that bring us together. Our, we try to keep our cameras for you and me. 13 plus. We, we all know anime makes people horny. I mean, that's a thing. No. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I just, I can't. I can't. We just can't. I, there's <laughs> names I can't drop in our podcast that definitely have a hand in linking anime to. It's Ron Jeremy, music. right? We're no, just, no, we're no. Ron it's, a, it's a particular music uh, entity. I do not wish to go into this. I don't know if it's a band or one person or. So, uh, a CJ, group. you haven't been to Kazakhan yet, right? I was not able to make it last year. Okay. Um, so, is there anything particular you're going to be looking for, or anything you're you're uh, looking forward to see about them having, or? I mean, to be fair, I've just been kind of winging it. Yeah. Um, more looking into being surprised, and I was looking, oh, this is like playing my day, doing such and such, such and such. And hey, um, we're, we're all riding in one car up there, yeah, by the that, way. Honestly, <laughs> that's what I'm most excited about is the trip itself. Getting, <laughs> Six get, of us <laughs> into one car. Getting, get, getting Two hours. <laughs> I <laughs> went. Okay. So last year, let me tell you the story of last year. <laughs> yeah, I went. Last I year, there for that. last year we went up there. In my wife's car, then fiance, um, using my phone. I, I, I'm just gonna tell you guys, just because it has the word GPS doesn't mean it's always accurate. So we went down this road and it took us off the highway, and that was the first red flag. Yeah, we took the the turn before the one we were like, near, 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 near. Not yet. We get there. So we're going down this uh, this winding road here, and uh, your your boy Brandon starts getting a little scared. Yeah. Like. This can't possibly be the way. We're not there yet. We turn off onto the road they tell him to turn to. Turn right. And, yeah. No, turn left. Right? Ahead. And we go across a bridge next to, which was modern, next to a bridge that was wooden, that was so old it didn't even have, like, nails. They were wooden pegged together. And so, like, I looked left and was like, what? Then we turn onto a dirt road, and I'm like, and we stopped at this small fence that looked like it was leading to a state park. And we were like, Brandon, I don't think this is the right way. And he's like, stopped in front of this fence. And he's like, yeah, I think this is the wrong way. Yeah, it wanted to <laughs> turn off to someone's backyard. <laughs> Not like, doing that. Well, yeah, it's like, I think I can hear banjo music. Like, so, uh, so Brandon just showed me some ridiculous looking dude. Yeah, that's the guy who plays Leatherface. Is it? I'm yes. down for that. He looks like he could play Leatherface. So the guy, the Leatherface from the movies. He's going to be at Kazakhan. That's such an intense picture of him. Well, yeah. If he, I almost feel like... This dude, like, killed people in movies. In movies. That's, <laughs> that's what, but I'll just, for those of you who may not be... I uh, kill people on the weekends. ...from the West Virginia area. Or, um, there's still there, things. In, in our beautiful, crazy state, 
there is no like gradual shift from urban to rural area. You're either <laughs> in the city or you're in the middle of the woods. I tell people that yeah. I am in. I live somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And it's difficult to grasp that till you've been to West Virginia, and then you realize that it's like small pocket of concrete surrounded by jungle. <laughs> like you Dense. go, yeah, we talk, we, we, talk, we talk about the Huntington area a lot. But if you go ten minutes outside of Huntington, you're in the woods. Yeah, in any direction. In any direction. <laughs> exactly. You can cross the river and continue at the ten minute maximum, and it's, you will definitely. It's woods. definitely wild, and it's it's wonderful for some. <laughs> if you wonder why there are people that are uh, believe about a giant moth monster, this if you live here, you'd understand. <laughs> it's not the it's not the weirdest thing people believe out here, to be honest. Yeah, like uh, for real. <laughs> thank you for that contribution, man. Yeah, thanks. I'm always here for that <laughs> intelligent uh, commentary on our so, state's economics and political so situation. So, have we wrapped up on on Kazakhan? I just want to plug another friend of ours, um, Family Game Night. Hey, we'll do that with Chris Kedlet. Yeah, he's going to be there. Um, he's always a cool guy to hang out with. He'd just come play some board games with him. Uh, he has a huge selection. Down in South Charleston. Down, uh, he's the Church of the Nazarene somewhere. Yes. Like mm-hmm. uh, he's from Charleston, West Virginia. Um, and I'm sure if you message him uh, either personally or through his page, Family, Family Game, Game Night, West Virginia, West Virginia um, that you can work out some way of getting, uh, he, getting him shown he, up. Uh, what he does is he's paid to uh, demonstrate different board games with his different publishers mm-hmm. um, and he's got some, they're really fun ones we're not it's not you know generic stuff like Goliath from Monopoly like really uh, Smash Up was the big one he had at uh, yep. HerdCon yep. um, that game was a lot of fun um, and he uh, super chill dude he's down to play with anybody Hilarious. Tower of Madness Tower of Madness alright oh. I'm not sure if you're if you're familiar with Cthulhu that, that big level blow of a guy <laughs> um, little yeah you might have heard of it you might have heard of him yeah um, but he has a board game. Cthulhu does. Mm-hmm. Tower of Madness. It's a card game, uh, marble game hybrid. Kerplunk. It's yes, it's like, like Kerplunk. The long story short, uh, if you drop too many wrong marbles, you go insane, and it starts making the game go crazy for people. And you get the free pun of "I lost my marbles." Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Uh. Yeah. I'll take your free puns. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, unsubscribe. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, those games are awesome. And that kind of reminds me of that one time with Chris. We were played this, uh, it's like a detective game. And you can use your phone in VR to examine. That was uh, cool. I'm not sure what it's called. Do you guys remember? I'm, I have no clue. Uh, but the game, like I said, you, it, He's gonna you choose. He's going to this. He's going to be like, if you're going to plug a game, remember the name of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's just going to drive up here. Kick our asses. So, yeah, so people, you you, you, uh, you choose a crime scene, um, and you can use your phone to examine it so uh, through VR. Is it VR or is it AR? Uh, it's yes. AR. Yes. The VR, the difference is it's, like, fully immersive. Like, you play Skyrim or something. It's, it's AR. AR is, like, you know, here's You're the looking table, around. but on my phone, there's, like, a little Pokemon standing oh, there. Oh, no, no, it's not, it's oh, not no, automated. It's full immersion. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's VR. You're, yeah. you're looking around. And uh, you're examining what you have, and you only uh, each person you you can pass the the phone, the camera, I guess you could call it, around for people, and you only have a limited amount of time for you. It's can... really cool. So like one time we were looking at this, uh, we're trying to find why this old woman uh, passed away. So I'm looking around this room, and I'm trying to find what's going on. He says, "Oh, you can turn around," because I thought it was only this you know a certain area. So I turn around and bam, dead old lady, oh, <laughs> scared me to he death. Screamed. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, ah! Oh my goodness. And she's like, she's like mouth and freaking dead. Yeah. Oh he's like, man. And then his time ran out because that was all the time I he almost, had. I and almost like, dropped his phone. And he's like, he's, he just drops the phone. He's, he's like, like, so it's like, you that know, was a dead lady. So you only, you only <laughs> have, you only have so many, so much, so long to, to look at the scene and try to gather information. I gathered information, but when I saw that dead lady, I forgot everything. The information he gathered was <laughs> there was a dead lady, uh, and there was a bunch of dead cats. Uh, long story short, she was poisoned. Go figure. But it, Spoilers ruin your whole first game. Oh, no. But trust me, it, it's interesting. Uh, I'm gonna, we're just trying to find that game. We're going to talk about it's, it. It's not a matter of what happened to her so much as it was who did it. And Yeah. It's a cool game, though. And those, those are the kind of games you can get with Family Game Night. And they will be at Kazakhan all three days. Right. Yes. So, what I'd like to talk about is uh, last week we talked about uh, the announcement of uh, Borderlands 3, the... Uh, and Everyone's and losing their crap over the enhanced conditions for you know the handsome collection, uh, Borderlands One, uh, 
enhanced version is what they're calling it, which all those came out um, around 1 p.m. Eastern Time uh, Wednesday, April 3rd. And they, uh, they announced Borderlands 3. The release date is uh, a lot sooner than most people expected. It's going to come out September 13th, 2019. But the controversy comes down from the PC port, where it is um, announced it's going to be a six-month Epic Games exclusive. Where the problem with that is, Epic is owned by that Chinese company, what's the name? Um, T-something. Let me look that up on my phone. Over so, let me, uh, so people who have... Like we're supposed to be reporters. Tencent, a Chinese telecommunications company. They own 40% of the uh, shares of Epic Games. And this is where the well, part of the controversy comes in, is because uh, I'm sure you've heard of that Chinese social credit system. Yeah. Tencent is the company, one of the companies that helped create and institute that. Um, they are known for supposedly selling information to the Chinese government. Um, the Epic Games Launcher has had issues with security, uh, with spyware, with um, people's accounts being compromised. And on top of that, Epic has, um, since Tencent has taken over, been accused of a lot of anti-consumerist, uh, anti-competition practices, such as um, what they do with these exclusives, is where they made all this money from uh, Fortnite and from the, I think it was billion dollar investment from Tencent. Like, it was not a small amount of money that they yeah. put at Epic. And they um, will pay companies. They will you know, give companies these outrageous amounts of money to make the game exclusive to the Epic Store launcher. And a lot, and I became really apparent with um, Metro, the new Metro game. It, right, it was scheduled on Steam. You could pre-order it. You could preload everything until right before it came out. Um, they, their publisher announced that it was going to be an Epic exclusive and they refunded all the Steam stuff that was taken off the Steam page and um, big problem with that is it's the bad, they, a lot of people claim that Epic is doing, is good for the consumer good for the producer because they give the developer more of a cut than Steam does but on the other hand when they're doing this it is very, I don't know, anti business practices it's, it can make some people feel separated I guess well it, it's more of the fact that they're trying to do that, they're trying to separate everything they're wanting to, you know there's Uplay has you know, Activision, not Activision, um, Ubisoft has Uplay, uh, EA has Origin, and of course, you know, Valve and Steam, and, uh, you know, Uplay is specifically Ubisoft games, Origin is specifically EA games, Valve is everything else, and um, the big thing is Valve has been tested in true over, what, 16 years since they've been a... a long time. Around. They've been around a long They may be the devil, but they're the devil we know and trust. It's a Valve is <laughs> privately owned. You don't have to worry about... You can you know, trust that devil will be a pain in the ass. You know, there's not a fact of investors having their hands and in everything. Not me. Yeah. Not having their hands in everything. Uh, the security is, you know, pretty well trusted. They're, they have the public rating system. You, if you like a game, you buy a game, <coughs> you go in there and you, like, you get... You, Yes, I recommend this. Write a review. You can see what everybody else has said. There's a pretty cut and dry, easy to interpret refund policy. Their customer service, while slow, is about is pretty decent. Epic, on the other hand, they're I'm having problems. Yeah, you know, their Epic has no real customer service to speak of. Uh, not a whole bunch of experiences, but just from what I've got from people who've had you know, from what from what you've read and had tried to deal with Epic. Um, they don't really have much of a refund policy. There's not a lot of communication between like customer and provider. And, and um, on top of that, there's no like user reviews, no comments, something like that. Um, they just also they did recently add the ability to play games you bought through the Epic Launcher offline, which was a, a big criticism that, that about is, it. That's very good. opaque. Yes. Um, you can just select the option to where if you don't have internet, it doesn't force you to log on in to play your games. Which the fact that that had to be big news, like that was a big announcement. They were proud, like, oh, you can now do this. Is something people were mad about. Depending on the degree of that, that's actually a good thing. Well, just well, it's like any game you bought on Epic, you had to be online to play. Yeah, that's true. Um, and the people with the Outer Worlds, uh, which is um, Obsidian's new game, you know, based off of uh, the train wreck that was Fallout seventy six. You know, people were looking at the Outer Worlds to for that type of uh, game. And now, there's, now, there's, now that's also been announced as an Epic Store exclusive. Open shots at 76, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's that season again. I mean, I'm sure we have a lot of people who are in full agreement of us. I'm sure there are plenty of people that enjoy it. I don't play it, but uh, some people enjoy there it. Are some I people. haven't played it, and I'll tell you, I do, with all what's being talked about, I still want to give it a shot. Well, so I'm sure, I mean, if it's, a, it, it's, it's Fallout, most people, most people really enjoy it. There are plenty of people that do play the game. 
enough and all that, but there was a lot of stuff on the publishing end, on the customer relations end, that uh, Bethesda did not do well. Or derailed the Epic Games and 2K. Yeah, but um, in the there's been a lot of hate going on uh, Randy Pitchford and uh, Gearbox, where he had um, he basically had to come out and say, "Look, guys, you know we made the game, but 2K, you know 2K Interactive or whatever their full name is, owns the exclusive rights to publishing it. They're the ones that decide when, how, and where it gets released, where, who publishes it, who on what what platform, what exclusivity." He's like. Um, I'm he, sure he, 2K appreciates getting chucked under a bus like that. They um, they need to stay off Reddit if they don't want to hear that. Yeah. Or yeah, Twitter, really. or anywhere else. <laughs> right, yeah, well, anywhere sure at the keyboard. Um, they're a massive company. I'm sure they can take, you know, one nerd's criticism. Anything will be one, but all right. Um, well, I mean, he is, uh, Randy Pitchford is uh, the CEO of Gearbox, and I think their head developer, I'm not sure, has said multiple times, he doesn't... He's not a uh, proponent of exclusivity. He doesn't see the point in it. He's like, you know, he'd rather be, people be able to buy the game how and when they want. Um, he's even uh, hinted that Borderlands 3 may be uh, cross-platform. Which I've, I've read some things that's going to be, it will definitely be. Uh, Microsoft's advertisement has implied that it will be. We don't know if that's going to extend to the PlayStation 4, where Sony's been oh, kind of yeah. slow to that, which... It's got a lot to do with security for them. Yeah, with that big... Uh, Security problem they had a few years ago. Little wall sick thing. Um, and it's just been a, um, and now there's a lot of people that have been like review bombing the Borderlands games on Steam, and a lot of those negative reviews you go and they're like, oh, this game's fantastic, but I hate the Epic Game Store, so I'm giving this a bad score. Oh yeah. But I will say I have spent a lot of time playing the Borderlands One Game of the Year Enhanced, which is the like, HD 4K uh, remake or whatever. There's not a lot of changes to the game. They kept the original, the whole, this experience of it the same. The dialogue, the levels, all that's the same. The graphics are better, which is great because it was coming out of an older game. Yeah, that's the point. It was very dated. Um, there was some quality of life changes that are fantastic. Like now, there's actual heads and skins in uh, Borderlands One. Before you would just change colors. So you said that these are enhanced now. So if people who have the handsome collection, what does that mean for them? Okay, so if you had the handsome collection already, then it's. Uh, it's just an update. It's a free update that would improve the graphics uh, for that is Borderlands 2, uh, Borderlands 3 sequel, and all the DLC associated. And by the D all the DLC, they're talking like all the story DLC, the extra characters like for Borderlands 2 is Gage and Krieg, or um, 3 sequel, there's uh, the handsome Jack Doppelganger and uh, Hammerlock's sister. Um, it's 4K compatible, so if you have a PlayStation 4 Pro or an Xbox One S and a 4K TV, it's full 4K. Um, and if you've had Borderlands 1 on Steam already, then the g game of the year was an, uh, enhanced, was free. However, that doesn't work for modern generation consoles because Borderlands 1 has actually not been re-released before now. Um, and the game of the year enhanced, it, it's, I believe, $30 uh, for consoles. There's a physical version, a limited physical version that's a GameStop exclusive that you can get it digitally, you know, wherever you want. And um, it comes with all four uh, DLC packs for Borderlands just included. It's awesome. just part of the game now. Um, there's the quality of life they've added where you don't have... In the Borderlands 1 originally, you had to pick up ammo and money and everything off the ground individually. Like you're just walking there and you're pressing the button you know, 30, 40 oh. times. Now you can just walk over it. You can uh, buy... You can Instead of having to like buy your ammo, like you'd have to like, oh, I need to buy 800 rounds for my SMG. You're sitting there hitting the button you know, several times to buy like a preset amount multiple times. Now you can just hit one button and fill all your ammo. They've uh, the last boss of the core game, the Destroyer. They have made it a little more challenging, a little more interesting. Um, you still don't fight Commandant Steel. She's building the, the tentacle through the chest and everything. Um, but they have made spoilers. Spoilers for a game that came out. 2009. I don't know. There's a lot of things that go through people's chests these days. But uh, they have in, made the fight a little more interesting. They've added um, a, just a ton more loot. Um, there's there's a, there was already you know like a ton of guns in, in Borderlands. Now there's a ton more, and there's new legendary guns. Sweet. Um, some of which are like uh, custom made to be interesting. So when when does Borderlands 3 come out again? September 13th, 2019. Cool. For Epic when Games. It will be console. on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and available on PC through the Epic Games Store. 
When's the when's available for PC? Um, so, well, it'll be available in Epic uh, Epic Game Store September thirteenth, and it it'll be available on Steam sometime around March or April of twenty twenty. So, what do you think that's going to mean for people who only use Steam? What do you, how, how do you feel about that? Um, I'm not a fan of Epic. I had I made an account on there to try Fortnite and it was free like a year ago and within a week I had three emails saying that someone was trying to access my like change my password to access my yeah account. that was a big thing that happened to a bunch of people I know um like I said, I've not had the most positive experience I've also had the most negative experience the thing that bothers me is buried in their terms of services they have the right to claim any media you make using games they're launcher people out there that do let's plays that you know take a lot of screenshots stuff like that they can just nope that video is ours now and they can take anything you make any videos any screenshots anything like that you take it and use it for their advertisement without your consent or your uh are you like you getting paid or consulted you know compensated in any way man what do you think about that then flags off tis um is. A lot of these changes happened, at, of course, after uh, that Chinese company got heavily invested, so a lot of people are pointing fingers at them. Epic says they're not actively involved. Um, so, so Epic's just shady directly. Fantastic. They're that guy in the corner who just always seems to find a way back and to the shade. It's um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a there's <laughs> it's kind of a you know a hurtful thing because Epic has been so heavily involved in gaming for as long as gaming's been a thing. The Unreal games, you know, they helped make the Gears of War games. It's uh, Epic Games has been a staple, and now they're kind of taking that. You know, then they made Fortnite, and that's a Fortnite Battle Royal mode, and they're taking all this fame and popularity and just running with it. Yeah. Um. So, how do you think the third one's gonna be? Well, it's this, uh, despite the uh, headliner, there uh, the the guy who wrote Borderlands Two uh, left the company, pursued other um, act, you know activities elsewhere. He's doing work for somebody else. So it's going to, the writing is going to be a lot more like Borderlands 1 than Borderlands 2. Um, so probably a little darker, a little less on the absurd humor. I mean, it's still there, but people... And I heard, heard that it's going to be couch play? Maybe? Yeah, there is going to be um, up to four-player uh, co-op split-screen, which was also added to uh, Borderlands 1 and the Hanson Collection. Oh, I love that. Four-player uh, split-screen uh, thing like that. Ben's being Ben, guys. Um, it's a uh, that'll be that's a really cool thing is you have the four people who can play because it used to be only two. They've added you know, just those have your friends over play Borderlands how it's meant to be. Awesome. Um, I think that from what I've seen, the third game looks going to be very good. I mean, all they really had to do was not mess it up at this point. Which yes, people are mad at them for the epic exclusive thing. They're mad at a little bit. But I don't. But that, on the other hand, was the publisher's decision, not Gearbox. Right. Yeah. I think Gearbox I'm, handled it well. I'm excited for the game. I'm still not decided if I'm going to risk buying it on the Epic Store. Um, how pumped I am, I might. But <laughs> yeah, buy it on a console. Son, well, I could do that. Yeah, but join your board. I know it's a foreign concept, but <laughs> PlayStation is a Netflix machine, and it knows it. <laughs> um, <laughs> A, that's gonna be pretty cool to do, though. I mean, it's okay, a good time. It's a good time for people to get into, you know, Borderlands. Um, no, it's uh, if you haven't checked the game out, I heavily recommend them. Ignore all the controversy about the games. My big thing with Borderlands is it, it wasn't so fun by myself because if you get, if you get used to playing with friends a lot, it's, well, it's like a different experience. The first game definitely was designed with co-op in mind. Yeah, it's balanced for co-op. You know, it's a lot more fun with friends. Um, from two onwards, they kind of find their stride, make it a little more immersive, a little more engaging. Um, one is still a good game, and there's for how ridiculous and silly these games are, there's a surprising amount of lore, surprisingly deep stories, surprising character development. Um, they said that there was a, a rule they have in the writing of these games, and that's for every silly moment, they have a serious moment, and for every serious moment, there's a silly one. So that's the balance. So that's where you also get stuff like Tiny Tina, where you know she's this ridiculous, over-the-top character 
And then you find out the reason why is she saw her parents tortured to death and it drove her insane. Good lord. Um, yeah. That got dark quick. No, like, Pandora, um, is not a happy place. Uh, the planet, you know, borderline again. Yeah, I was like, man, who was that guy at the party last night? He's awesome. Oh, yeah, he was there because his brother died. <laughs> Good lord. Um, there was, um, speaking of that, uh, Borderlands 3, we were going off Pandora for the first time in the series. It, well, I mean, kind of. Borderlands, the pre-sequel, took place on Pandora's moon. And part of Tales from the Borderlands, you go into the Hyperion Station orbiting Pandora, but you don't, never left the Pandora, like, you know, I guess, area, orbit. System? Yeah. Um, well, the farthest we've ever gone and seen is the moon. Um, so, and they've been advertising world, plural, for Borderlands 3, so everybody's suspecting we're going to see other planets. Um, possibly the, like the planet you know Gage came from, or the planet you know Maya was raised on. Um, all this stuff. Uh, Reese, main character from Tales from the Borderlands, was seen in the trailer. So a lot of people are now considering Tales from the Borderlands, the Telltale game set in the Borderlands games, is canon, which was kind of up in the air because you never knew when a third party touches your stuff. Oh yeah. Which that game is hilarious too. Um, same, it has even better writing because it was Telltale may have you know got to share criticism. I thought they did great stories. Yeah, it was the one thing they did. They told the tale. Um, and Tales from the Borderlands is, if you like the Borderlands games, it's right on that alley. They even find a way to emulate some of the experiences of, like, you know, the ridiculous guns yeah. and over-the-top boss battles. That's something to talk about. Telltale? Yeah, just the, the dissolution of Telltale, like, was actually a good thing for um, uh, the video game community, believe it or not. Because even though they lost a kind of company that created a specific kind of game that was niched but beloved, well, um... It freed up a lot of, and a lot of the people in it involved, like, feel like this. It freed up a lot of talent to go to other places and write these kinds of stories for those companies. The, that was no. the that was the issue with the company. Why wasn't it the management that killed the company? Not so much the money, but yeah, um, it, was, it was like poor management, poor financial management. There was all, and also just a like a negative workspace was a problem too. So like that, these free people have to go somewhere where they're comfortable. And they're still exceptionally talented at making a story like right. that. A lot of them, uh, I know one group of them has started working for another company that's wanting to make a game similar to Telltale style of game. Yeah. Um, Quantum Dreams has finally started breaching into the PC market. The people that made uh, Indigo Prophecies, uh, Detroit Become Human, Heavy Rain. Um, that is also going Heavy to... Heavy Rain, which is what I was just thinking about. That's also going to go to the... Um, Epic store. There seems to be some relationship between Sony and Epic Games. Um, there's a lot of odd. A lot of formerly PlayStation exclusives have been showing up as potentially coming to the PC through Epic. That's <laughs> weird, given that Epic has your bad privacy and Sony's so serious. Sony. <laughs> I mean, when it, when it comes down to it, though, it's money. Epic has Fortnite money. They have a lot of money right now to throw around to give these people money to get them to come well, Fortnite has reached some contenders at this point, so Look, we don't know how much longer that's Apex going. Legends by uh, Respawn Studios. Apex is putting up a hell of a fight. I tell you what, man. When it comes down to games like Fortnite and whatnot, I, in my opinion, Apex takes the cake out. Oh, um, Brown Moria has a lot of fun. Yeah. Those, those, that's, Actually, that brings it, uh, not, not to interrupt, like, freaking uh, Battlefield Fights. Uh, Firestorm? Oh, Firestorm? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it launched yesterday? Or is it today? Uh, recently, very soon. A few days ago. Um, I like We're going to give that a try and well, see what... See, that's... For a long time, we had, like, what? You got Three games in that oh, genre. Xbox. And one of them was a Minecraft... Mm-hmm. One of them was a Minecraft mod. Um, you had, you know, then there was, uh, Player Unknown Battleground, which... That... People either love that or hate that one. There's... I don't see a lot of middle ground with that one. Most people that love it hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you just had Fortnite, and it's. I feel like the reason it took off is it was. It was like the first real big game made by a big company that had all this funding, all this um, un- un- uniqueness behind it. And then you had a lot of big streamers. Uh, Ninja took off with it. Who yeah. used to what he uh, wasn't he a Halo streamer before he got big with Fortnite? Don't look on this direction. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. He's big enough to where he had Drake on his show as in the singer. Yeah. Um, singer, rapper, yeah. artist, no, yeah, I mean, the musical talent of yeah. Drake, known as Drake, <laughs> <laughs> the dragon. That's what it means. <laughs> um, okay, 
That's a different dude. Yeah, that is uh, a different dude. Well, yeah. not the good news is there's been some leaked promotional material from a Best Buy implying that uh, Persona 5 is going to be coming out on the Switch very soon. Good news and Best Buy at the same right? time. I know, that's, uh, that's crazy. From what I understand, it was apparently some just like store level like floor employee. Oh, I guarantee you it's a store <laughs> floor level guy. He's like, oh, cool, look at this. So, you know, these stores, um, they get the promotional stuff early. I can, uh, something I guess attest to is I, I used to work at a certain retailer. We got the Blu-ray and DVD of Avengers Infinity War before the movie even hit theaters. Man. We just had them in the back ready to go based on a certain date. So a lot of these stores have this stuff well in advance to prepare for the marketing, the publishing and all that. And supposedly he just put some stuff out on the floor earlier than supposed to that had like Persona 5 and a Switch like coming to the Switch and had like a, a picture of uh, Joker from uh, Persona's character for Smash on it, which is uh, according to Nintendo going to be out by the end of this month. Is right. Fighter Pack 1. That's awesome. It comes with uh, Update Balance 3.0. That's awesome. So, to, to move from video gaming to back to the convention life. Oh no! Smite! Smite! Smite's new update's gonna drop two gods on us. Uh, well, I'm not sure 100% if we're getting them at the same time, but very close together we will be getting, if they're not the exact same time, we'll be getting Horus and Set from Egyptian mythology. Horus is gonna be a warrior. That's right, Smite fans, a warrior! How long has it been? Don't worry, here's another follow-up for you. Set is an assassin! That's right, two of the smallest categories finally got some love. So their kits are very similar, but they're made to counterpart each other. So you're telling me they're not just going to be two more mages? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they took pains to make sure that, that uh, Horus would not be a Raw clone, and he does not look anything like Raw. And, um, but he is going to be a... Now, here's the thing. There's just not enough of these. He is a support-oriented warrior. So, like, Guan Yu style. I don't know if they'll have a healing this kid or not yet. You'd have to go check out the site. Um, but they have dropped his model and, that like, his role, and they've hinted at what he'll be doing in the lane. Whereas Set is going to be more of, like, a tanky-esque, um, like, uh, endurance-based assassin. So, like, he's going to be doing lots of damage and sneakiness per usual... Uh, and I don't know if anybody knows anything about Egyptian mythology, but the, the two are counterparts that, that battle each other throughout the whole thing. Set was a shapeshifter who turned into a big red hippo and Horus slew him with a spear. So, like, even though in the end of that, Horus wins, we don't know how Smite's going to spin that. Um, we might see a whole update based around the two warring, because the Camelot one just came to an end with Jorma Meander's launch. So... Uh, they'll wrap this up and then send us straight into Set versus Ra or Set versus Horus, most likely. They may kill Ra. They killed Zeus, so I mean, and he's still dead. Uh, Zeus is dead. Yeah. Well, hand of the gods, uh, Anubis snuck into the underworld, and pulled him out of there because everybody was blaming Anubis for it, and he was like, "Nah, this ain't gonna go this way." And so they, their their like strategy game has uh, Zeus's return as the campaign. And uh, that still hasn't reached the storyline yet. We're still dealing with Merlin being the oldest god. Uh, which is funny because Jormund Yander, the, the lore around Jormund Yander suits him so well in the game. After they dropped him, I'm like, I read the lore and I was like, there's no way he's this. He is that guy. There's no way that, like, he's in the story, he whoops down on Thor, then he whoops up on Odin. And, like, he said, lets them so, both escape. So, who is this character you're speaking of? You know, your, the World Serpent, Jormund Yander. Yes. Uh, he's the most snake. recent. Yeah, he's like the 101st or 102nd God in Smite. He's a big deal, and he is a big deal. Like, he's the size of the Apophis buff. We have a video of We have a video yes, of your gameplay. Several clips of me, uh, two clips in particular, but I've got others of me playing Norman Gator. Yeah, I was really lagging, and I was between my towers, and I, I cannot believe. It's funny, because years before, when I first started playing Smite, I had a really bad connection, and Silas, my, the guy who taught me how to play Smite, I expect Silas, by the way, uh, my, my cousin, he, he streams, we stream Smite all the time, but uh, anyways, he uh, he was like, uh, man, you gotta need to get better internet, I was like, nah, you just learn to work with the lag, and uh, so like, I learned to time around, and he thought that I was kidding at the time, he's like, no, you just need better internet, that's a terrible excuse, so like, a year later, I'm playing as Gormengander with a bunch of other people, and he sees my clip, and I play with the lag right and i i just killed these dudes just wrecked them and he was like at the end the the Ares got so scared that he ran away 
Yeah, I and, saw that like, clip. He, yeah. he runs under the tower because he has nowhere else to go. There's poison and death in front of him. So he runs backwards thinking there's safety. It's like, oh, wait, that's their tower. Like, oh, yeah, you put yourself between two towers and then decided to fight Jormungandr, whose lore straight says, let them run, gather up, and come back to me so that I can slay them all at once. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way he's that good. I play Jormungandr, and I'm like, he's that good. He plays his best when you pile on him. Uh, but while we're on the subject of Smite, because everybody's looking at me like I'm taking up too much time, um, uh, I will be dropping at, uh, in a couple of weeks my five tips for noobs getting into Smite, my like handy guide. My next one will be about Smite. Uh, I may start dropping a couple here and there every week or every other week for how to play particular gods um, and items that are useful in the particular meta. I know some people have problems playing metas in games, but MOBAs kind of require them. And this can help newer players. If you're interested in playing with me or anyone else, if you ever want to learn Smite, you know, just hit me up on the page, SkyCaptainZero on Xbox. I play Smite nonstop. Uh, but uh, my next guide will be five tips, five easy tips for, like, new players getting into Smite. That'll be about four weeks. Yeah, be about a month from now, yeah. And, you, you could probably, I mean, it might be there sooner, but yeah, it it's all. Depends. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I'll, I'm that particular guide will be in about a month, but I might between now and then drop, like, an item guide or uh, here's some easy uh, tips to learning your way around this or that on there. And uh, also, if you guys are listening to the podcast, uh, if you want a guide for a particular game just let me know i'll play it we are always get, down for submissions yeah get the basic i'll get the basic uh gist of the game and then i'll figure out an easy way for people to digest it and i'll throw it up on the page as a guide for you five easy tips handy like handy guides most of the time the guides you guys get are games that i've like spent hundreds to thousands of hours just grinding he's, away I, at. he's he's not lying <laughs> so <laughs> Like, Sea of Thieves, I'm like, I smell an enemy ship, and then the audio cue in the game starts five, ten seconds later, and they're like, how did you know they were there? And I'm like, I don't know, I sprunged it. And, <laughs> but, but like, you just get to that point. Once you reach that point, you start teaching other people how to do it, and then there's no sense in not writing a handy guy. Yeah. And uh, this does remind me, uh, we do have weekly postings to our website, uh, and thus our other social media uh, outputs. Are. Um, so... You can tune into our website. At least every week, we'll have something. Some period of the week, it's usually the later half of the week. Um, it's usually we'll have we'll talk about guides. Uh, we'll have uh, paper reviews uh, and interviews, um, certain things, and just things we had we like to talk about and show you guys. So uh, it's a good place to tune into if you want to get some stuff like that. Awesome. Uh, we're uh, also very down to having guests here on this show. If you have, uh, you want to come down and talk to us about something, you have a group you're part of, a business you want to promote, just hit us up. We'd love to have extra people in here. Give us something to talk about. Always down for that. Just send us a message. All right, uh, our last topic, we're not going to talk too much on it. Uh, just because we have we have some time between then and there. Um, Tricon. Metal Shark Bro. Metal Shark Bro. Metal Shark Bro is going to be there. Uh, not physically. This dude's uh, he's, he's a character he's, in the no. comic book. It'll be there in our hearts. It'll be there physically in our hearts. So the writers, Kevin Cuff and Bob France, are. You can give uh, Bob France a shark suit. Well, we can give him a shark suit. We can just get a shark suit. Yeah. Um, Like we mentioned last week, they're going to be there. We're talking a lot, but we're just very excited. Tricon is getting more expensive by the moment. (laughs) They, uh. We got exciting things on our end that we we can't talk about quite yet, but uh, if everything goes through as planned, it's going to be pretty cool for. Uh, for, you know, for us as a staff and just about everybody who's attending the con. Uh, so stay tuned for more information on that. Um, but another quick snippet, uh, Tricon is actually our first convention. Um, when we started as Critically Absurd, uh, that was our first convention we went to. With just a staff of two. Do we, uh, do we want to do something big to commemorate that? We could. We could do something. Put Brandon in a metal shark bro outfit. I'll, I'll do that. I will wear that shark head. We need you we know need what? to do that. How's this? So we we do that we do that giveaway. You need to get way more Jack for now. And then <laughs> I'll do it. I want to do it like eighty styles so, too, montage and all. Okay, so here we go. How's this? Uh, we we do that we do that giveaway right? Like you know every every convention or whatever. Oh, we will be doing that too. Yeah. All right. What if we're able to get a hundred people to sign up for our giveaway? We get to pie Brandon in the face. I am down. I am yeah, down. Yeah, I'm, I like that idea. I'm right. down for. 
We got them. We got them on recording here, guys. You, you heard it. If, if you get if we get a hundred likes, a hundred people coming to talk to us, I'll do it. I'll do no, it. If you like this podcast for a hundred times, we'll just egg Brandon. I'm, I'm down for that, man. <laughs> Two hundred comments and I'll so, egg this person. Yeah, no, for real. I don't care who you are. Just spam comment. Two hundred comments, we'll egg our boss. What's the, what's that meme? It's like one they're like one like and I'll sleep all day. And he likes his own comment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so yeah, Tricon's gonna be cool, man. Uh, it, Tricon is like the the legit comic centered uh, convention. Uh, oh, man, it really is and by that I mean um, your your line artists, your colors, your uh, editors, uh, uh, your editors, writers, uh, production companies in general. Oh man, uh, I feel horrible. I cannot remember that dude's name. I love the cosplay town. He uh, he he made Bane. He's the dude that created Bane. Yeah, he was there last year. Yeah, it was awesome. That um, guy. <laughs> Also, our, our friends at Electromagnetic Press, they're going to be there. Are they going to be They're going to be there. All right. Uh, and oh, while we're at it, Maggie Goodwin. That is the name of the character from The Omens. I am so mad at myself for forgetting that. Yeah, so we're going to be talking to them a little more on what they have going on. Uh, like artists, you know, anyone contributing to their cause and their comics coming out. Um both on podcasts and there at the scene at Tricom. We'll have videos for them. Um, we'll probably have a lot of videos going on uh, for Tricon, so it's going to be an awesome time to be staying tuned to Critically Assert TV. Anything, you got anything else for them, Ben? That is a one-day convention, by the way. One day. Uh, it is June 8th. Oh, do I have anything else for them? Yeah. Lip tips number one, folks. Your phylactery is very important. Remember, home is where the heart is, so hide that bad boy good. There you go. Ben quote. Uh, also, this this to throw in some uh, quick guess of who's going to be there. Uh, we got Nick Wecklin. Uh, he is uh, he's a comic book artist and writer. Um, he's going to be there. Uh, Justin Stewart. He's an illustrator and graphic designer. He's done work for Disney, Marvel, Sony, Image Comics, and, and more. Uh, and then we have some people like Gavin Smith. He's a freelance artist. Um, his stuff looks awesome from what we're looking at right here for... For Tricon's uh, website here, uh, and they have guests for days. Everybody's just on their phone except me right now because I don't have one. <laughs> and if you like wrestling, Ryback. Feed me more. He, Feed me more. He's CJ gonna, likes wrestling. He's gonna be there. Uh, <laughs> come get pictures. Uh, so yeah, man, uh, it's gonna be an awesome con. Something I had uh, almost forgot. Netflix has announced their first four stars for their live-action adaptation of Cal Bebop. They've got John Cho, who's playing Spike Spiegel. You have a uh, Mustafa Shakir, who's going to be playing Jet. Let me double-check their names. Uh, uh, is it Ashley or Chelsea Pineda? Uh, I, feel, I feel stupid now. I had her name. Give me a second. CJ. CJ. Shame. How did you hear of, or how do you feel about Paradox being in charge of the new uh, and, Vampire uh, the Masquerade Bloodline team? Well, they, and you, and uh, Alex, Daniela Pineda, I'm very sorry. I'm horrible at names. Uh, she's going to be playing Faye Valentine and Alex Hassel from that, uh, he's big from the Hulu show uh, Bisexual, if anybody's watched that. He's going to be playing Vicious. Those are our first four stars. And honestly, with. Uh, I love John Cho. I really love you, Harold and Kumar. I know it's a horrible thing. He's done a lot of serious work since those yep. stoner comedies, but that's what he'll always be to me is Harold. <laughs> um, I think it was a powerful performance. All right, I think every time I the think, ones that count are the memorable. I ones. think he's going to going to kill it as Spike. As I mean, no doubt. I just a lot of people have. I love Hell of I've watched it dozens of times. Adult Swim, on Hulu, you know, Japanese. It's very long. It's easy to do. Right. Yeah. It's very good. It's very influential, very memorable. So Netflix really has a lot of pressure on this, and they got a great cast. So, yeah. so how do you feel about Paradox? Usually better known for their grand strategy games of exceptional complexity, um, being in charge of uh, the new Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodline team. Well, so. Vampire, you know, from the world of dark, anything world of darkness has got to be complex. It's yeah, true. Be, that's if not mechanically, socially. That's how know, I feel. Our, you know, role play wise, and paradox is nothing if not complex. If you look at you know Crusader Kings, <laughs> uh, Europa, your you know um, Hearts of Iron, uh, Stellaris, uh, they have oh, man, they have Age of Wonders Planetfall coming out. Um, this summer sometime? I don't know. I uh, I haven't been following it. But 
Uh, I know that the last Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines game was excellent, and it really demonstrated a lot of the aspects of the game, but at the same time, it missed some of the social complexity of Vampire. I feel like that's where we're going to see uh, Paradox come in and be like, hey, by the way, this is what really happens when you're in these situations, where you're a neonate, you've just been turned, and like you come in and you try to be the top dog because you're a vampire and you think you are, and then it turns out... Nope. Vam yeah, nope. Vampires, the older they get, the more dangerous they are, and you are by far the youngest. So, well, I mean, potion seller. This is the other hand where, you know, <laughs> Crusader, into battle. Crusader Kings 2, I've spent hundreds of hours on the game. Very fun game, but it's pretty much all just social. And a lot of people criticize that game for there's so much going on that you could you're, you could have lost the game. Because of an argument two people on the other side of the map are having, and you had like one metric that like was a percentage point off, so you get assassinated. Um, that's dope. That's the kind of stuff. Like it's where a lot of people, you know, some people enjoy that level of depth, that level of complexity. A lot of, there are other people that are turned off of it. And the Stellaris has that problem sometimes, where it's like I'm over here with my peaceful little empire, I build a federation. And here come the space huns. And, and then like yeah, and then the dude across the map is like, I hate your federation, buddy. And I'm like, but what about me? And he's like, you're small. Our flesh harvesters come for your chicks. And I'm like, whoa. And then a sixty thousand point army, which I can't even figure out how to amass, <laughs> comes and chews up my whole planet. And then they laugh. They're like, your chicks screamed as our flesh harvesters picked them. I'm like, oh, whoa. You have a particular whoa. character for this guy, I see. <laughs> whoa. Well, this well, my, my peacock people, man. I feel bad for them. But they really got the run because of someone else's deal. The one thing I'd be worried about is uh, the original game. It's become such, like, almost part of, like, a gamer mythology at this point. Yes, it's easily go play, but most people haven't played it. They just heard it. What, or watched, Vampire? Yeah, yeah. Or watched it, and, you know, they hear all these rumors about the this super in-depth game, and it's almost an, a one single-player MMO yeah. with the uh, complexity of it. And I then, have it. It is that good. And it's kind of like, um, the same reason Valve isn't working on Half-Life 3 is at this point they feel it's too hyped up. There's no way they could live up. Well, the players' expect expectations. That is their words. Um, Onyx Path has their hands. Uh, White Wolf through yeah. CCP has their hands on like the uh, previous iterations of the MMO. Yeah. So like the, they were the people who made it, and it, now that never got off the ground due to some CCP bad management. And I'm not gonna take it a very long time ripping on CCP, but let's just say big rip on CCP. I'm not a big fan. Uh, they put a lot of White Wolf workers towards Eve. That's why Eve updates were fantastic during that time frame, because White Wolf is dope. But, uh, but what I was saying was, but because they have all those sweet assets from the MMO and the, the experience with them, they should be able to deliver an even more immersive game. Well, I think Paradox's big strength is, one, they do have this experience with um, the super in-depth, complicated games. Uh, Paradox does have its share of criticism for its DLC model. Where if you were to like you know buy say Crusader Kings at full price at around fifty sixty dollars, oh, yeah. you might have two hundred dollars worth of DLC if you want to get everything in all. I think that's an understatement. Yeah. Sell, but yeah. Um, and it's they and their games. Well, uh, uh, Stellaris has like a lot of the DLC included. Yeah. Uh, Heart, Hearts of Iron is pretty bad about that. Europe. Uh, Europa Universal. Europa Universal. Uh, yeah, Europa Universal Four has <laughs> so much. You can't. There's like Crusader Kings has a beat, but still. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of DLC. So there is some. I think on my part, a little bit skepticism like that. Like how much? Like are we gonna have to worry? Are about we gonna buy the clans individually? Um, it's like you're a Bintru. Unless you want to pay fifteen dollars a pack. I mean, it's not as bad as like some companies like Ubisoft used to be or anything like where it was an incomplete game, and then you had to buy all this DLC to complete it. I've never bought a Paradox game until it was incomplete. But then they're like, trying to go that route. Instead of making a sequel, they're like, we'll just put out a thousand dollars worth of DLC, and you can use the Infinity business model. And but I do I know that White Wolf Publishing, the the people that make. You know the tabletop game. Oh yeah, they are working side by side with Paradox with that. Yeah, the White Wolf has always had hands in that kind um, of stuff. That's actually Onyx Path Publishing now. Is White, it? Yeah, White Wolf owns their rights to their name again, but the publishing company they work for is Onyx Path. They right. own them. But um, either way, the people that make the tabletop game are working 
with developers of the video game yeah. and make sure it stays loyal to the system. Which was going on the first time. That's why it was excellent. That little paw print, that's what it was. Now it's like a tower. Uh, but on that subject, real fast, we uh, we will be running, I will be running a uh, Huntington-based vampire, uh, like, uh, the Requiem 2nd Edition game on Roll20, which we will probably be streaming, most likely. If we do stream that, we'll be linking it to the page. Uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun, because like I said, it's going to be Huntington by Night. It's going to be based in the area with more and monsters and all that from I'm, I'm doing a lot of research so awesome. for <laughs> yeah. those of you who haven't uh, ever been to Huntington there is a place maybe what a minute from my house yeah that there is a uh, mental hospital directly across the street from a graveyard hey yes. a, a historically cr uh, like asylum for the criminally insane directly across from a very large cemetery I met some people at a convention a few years ago who play their World of Darkness games in Huntington, West Virginia, in there's the greater a, Huntington area. There's also, and they're not even from here. There's also a vet office right next to that, but that's not relevant in any way. No, it's not. <laughs> but, I mean, it could be. You, you know, never know. In a World of Darkness you, you game. Dro drop off Crazy Tom, get your cat fixed. Or, you know, what if you got to patch up the werewolf? Like, I mean, you can't, <laughs> if you, yeah. go to the, you go to the hospital, you know what might happen. Like, uh, on that subject, let's just talk about how ridiculous storytelling is. Did I send you the list? I think I linked it to Chad. The ones yeah. with all of it. You sent it's me the like, list. I was yeah. like, "What?" It's like <laughs> Prince, all of the primogens for five different clans. And this is just Requiem, so like, God only knows what it would have been like if I'd actually used like the Masquerade, which has like fourteen clans. And so, like, and I'd, I'd still have to do it. And then like uh, the Prisky, which are like the the very high ups, the Ancilla. There's multiple of all those. Multiple neonates, a whip, a scourge, a seneschal, a sheriff. It's crazy. And then I've got some other stuff that I want to work in there. Like, I want to work some Sin Eaters in there because that makes a lot of sense in the area given how, like, much haunted history there is around here. Oh, yeah, there's big a, time. There's a lot of paranormal well, stuff. This is like uh, October. I mean, critically absurd TV in, in October is going to be interesting. This it, year. it definitely will be. And uh, on but, that note, well, do you have more to say? I was just going to say, but, but keep your eyes open. Within the next few weeks, I should have the Huntington by Night game up. And running it about once a week, or uh, sorry, once a month, or once every other week. I'm not sure yet. And uh, if any of the viewers would like to participate in that, just let me know. Uh, message the page. You know, if uh, if necessary, I'll run too. CJ, do you have anything else to add? Uh, not that I can think of right now. Awesome. Well, thanks guys for tuning in. This has been another episode of Critical Answer TV on air uh, with Ben, CJ, and Brandon. Yee. Tune in uh, next week for our next episode, and we'll see you guys around.